0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Limon. What's happening? Thursday, June 11th, we are slowly encroaching on uh, that wonderful time of year called the football season. Even better yeah. like draft season. That that's yeah. what I care about more. August. That moves closer and closer by the day. Month and a half until we get to draft month. And then, you know, usually at the end of August is when our, our home league drafts, which is what you wait all year for, right? Am I right?
1: Yes, you are
0: right. Uh my name is Warren Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Uh we're gonna try to keep it condensed today. I'm gonna I, attempt to. Attempt to. Um, we have running back sleepers. We're going to start off with a with a little information at the beginning of the episode. Uh, it's not even like a quick question. It's more like a like a tip or a, a statement. Okay, I guess. But anyway, you'll find out uh, before we jump into the. Uh, the quick question or icebreaker, or whatever you want to call it, check out our website, the Follow us on Twitter at the FF on, on Instagram at the You can like us at facebook.com forward, forward slash the fantasy champions, uh, subscribe wherever you're listening right now. If you're on YouTube, be sure to comment and click the bell for notifications and then leave a review. Uh, and we have a quick announcement before we start the official s- content of the show, uh, pre-orders, Started on June 1st for the draft guide at $25. The launch date is July 1st. I started um, really digging in and, and crunching on the construction of this draft guide, and you're going to be stunned. Uh, I can't wait. You got full rankings, breakouts, busts, player draft values, player breakdowns, all kinds of stuff. The whole team yeah. is involved. I'll tell you, f- five, six writers and us two idiots equal a draft guide that you can use to win your championship. Um, No, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be worth it on July in July. The price will go up. Um, Be sure to pre-order. If you pre-order between now and that date, you will be entered in for a chance to be a part of our listener league. You can look at it as a way to support the show, um, help us make improvements and uh grow the fam so tell your friends make sure you uh get this word out there and buy the draft guide right now just stop and buy the draft guide pause us buy the draft guide and then come back and listen to this episode you ready for the uh no. the icebreaker
1: yes let's do it
0: so uh give me your favorite draft tip for this season
1: um so it's kind of similar to my favorite draft tip every season but uh it's it, I, It's don't draft The quarterback Or tight end In the first two rounds um, And yeah. redraft
0: Said it before oh, we'll right. say it again
1: uh, Yeah Unless you're in like A 16 team league Where the second round Is like Players like In the ADP In the 40s But um Typically if you're just In like a A 10 team league You don't want to draft A quarterback In the first two rounds Because typically I mean always The quarterback Who yeah. finished number one Last year do, Usually does not repeat mm-hmm. Um not saying that Omar Jackson's not going to repeat, but his chances of doing it are very slim, as yeah. history shows. Tight end, same thing. You're just not going to get the value of drafting a tight end, even if it's Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get probably the same amount of fantasy points as a wide receiver late in the third round or yeah, early fourth round or mid-third round. So like the value of taking a tight end, it's going to give you an advantage over other teams' tight ends, mm-hmm. sure, but you can get Darren Waller, yeah. Mark Andrews, uh, last year, we looked at Austin Hooper. Hoop, there, there was it is. A, there was, there was um, Hunter Henry, too. I picked up off the waiver wire in a mm-hmm. few of my leagues last year. So you can get a lot of tight ends late. Yeah. Uh, you can get a lot of good quarterbacks late. It's hard to get running backs and receivers late. So yeah. at least like, top-tier ones. Uh, so you're going to want to do that in your first two rounds. But that's my favorite tip.
0: Um, I'm going to say specifically for this season, I'll give a specific to this season draft tip. Normally okay. what I do when I when I draft is it, it really depends. I guess it still kind of depends on the circumstances. Um, but I, when I usually draft, I don't really set a – like a lot of people go into their first three rounds and they say, oh, my God, I'm going to draft – I'm going to draft a running back in the first 3 rounds and then I'm going to draft two wide receivers and they like try to plan it out strategically like that yep. and then they get frustrated when that doesn't end up happening because that's not how fantasy drafts work. You have to be flexible. But I usually go into drafts with a little bit of a plan, you know, not solid, it's fluid and I usually end up with a running back and a wide receiver after the first two rounds just as a, you know, a generic situation. This year is a year where you might actually be able to justify going to running back in the first couple of rounds. Do not listen to those people who are saying, huh, two wide receivers, the best, join the party. This is the wrong year for that because you're you're wasting. We're doing a running back sleepers today, yeah. and I'll tell you, it was hard. The wide receiver show, super easy to find sleepers. Running back yeah. show, so Absolutely. hard to find sleepers.
1: There's so many great receivers in, in the fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth round. Running backs, I don't think it's it's going to be that easy. And there's some great running backs early, like second round, third round. You can still yeah. get some, even fourth round, you can get some really good running backs. Mm. But like you said, it's hard to find some really good running backs past the seventh round.
0: You're going to have to invest early draft capital to get your running backs, and you're okay. Yeah. Don't Don't worry about not having a wide receiver in the first two rounds. Um, and, it, and like I said, it's still, it's fantasy football. So it's still flexible. It's still fluid. Like you don't know what's going to happen over the course of your draft. So if you end up drafting, you know, a wide receiver in the second round and uh, running back in the first, and that's how your draft works out, then it doesn't really matter to me. Ultimately, I think you can get wide receiver ones after round three this year. And that yep. it sounds crazy, but I think it's true. And I think there's a lot of guys that are being overhyped. Uh, but there's also a lot of guys that are being um, completely justifiably hyped. And yeah. um, they're in the fourth, fifth round. And you might be able to snag them. And because of the a, a huge amount of depth at the wide receiver position this year, a lot of those guys that you would think would be second, third round picks this year because of how well they played last year are ending up in the fourth, fifth round just because of the depth of the wide receiver position. There's so many guys. So yeah. it's like just... You know, be patient with the wide receiver position. There's no need to freak out if you don't get a guy in the first couple of rounds and you end up with two big time running backs. Um, You're probably safer doing that. But anyway, let's move into the running back sleepers portion of this episode. You came here for this. The running back sleepers. It's probably on the the YouTube thumbnail. Uh, It was probably in the name on on your Mm -hmm. podcasting platform. You probably saw it and were like, wow, that seems like a great show to listen to and now you're here listening to me ramble about why you're listening to the show, but this is why you're here. So well, let's, let's talk about some running back sleepers. Yeah, let's do it. First on our list is a one Darius Geis with an ADP of 77. And I'll tell you, um, we have talked about Darius Geis a couple of times in this program. Last year I drafted him. I believe it was in the sixth round, maybe the seventh. Yeah, I
1: think it was, sixth I can't seventh.
0: remember. But um, so Darius guys, you know I, I drafted him expe- expecting him to finally come in and finally play a football game. He played one and hurt himself, and then missed like ten weeks and came back and played again. And then what did he do? It was tore something, or I can't remember how he got hurt. But anyway, he got hurt uh, again. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah. Um, he's kind of towing the line between um, being a very very good running back in the NFL to if he gets hurt again, he's just going to be cut and end up a career backup. Like that's how close this is right now, but he's still 23 years old week 13. He had, uh, he had, I think it was uh, 10 carries, which is not a lot. um, And two receptions on three targets, but he totaled 27 fantasy points. The thing I notice about this guy is he, he's extremely explosive. um, Oh yeah. And, and he has the ability to like there's guys like in the nfl david montgomery i don't see that guy having more than 360 yard runs in his career where you know jerry's guys get a 560 yard runs in one season um that's how explosive he is a runner Uh, he had five yards per carry last year uh 6.6 yards per touch um he had a breakaway run rate of seven percent uh but it's not ranked because uh He didn't play enough last year, but his catch rate is 70%. He's a good pass catching back. He's a good running back. So, obviously, to me, I feel like the opportunity needs to be there. Um, This team picked up a guy named Antonio Gibson, uh, who I like as well, but I feel like he's more of a
1: Chris Thompson replacement. Yeah,
0: he's more of a Chris Thompson replacement or a guy who's going to play wide receiver. So for me, when I look at Geis, I see him as Peterson's 100 years old. There's no one else at the running back position. And Darius Geis is twenty a 23-year-old running back that they drafted to put into this position. So, I mean, if he finally plays a full season, he's going to explode onto the scene.
1: Yeah, he's young. I mean, he's 22 right now. He turns 23 this month. Right. So he's, he's still very, very young. And like you said, Peterson's 100 years old. And I like Gibson, but he is kind of the Chris Thompson replacement. He's going to be yep. a guy who catches some balls, but he's not really going to get many carries. I mean, right. it's it's reasonable to think that if guy stays healthy, he's going to get mm-hmm. 200 plus carries and still be involved in the passing game yep. enough uh, where he can make an impact. And if you're getting him, where is he going? Eighth round? Yep.
0: So uh, pick yeah. 77, I believe.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Eighth if round. you can get him there, I think, and with the opportunity Roughly. that he could get... yeah. Um, and if that offense just improves at all, like if Dwayne Haskins takes a, a small jump and Ron Rivera mm. comes in and it kind of helps that team out. And if they just take a small jump on offense and Darius guys is healthy. Yeah. He's going to be, I mean, he's going to be really, really solid. So
0: no, it's true. He,
1: he's somebody who you should, you should definitely target in that round.
0: Um, the other thing is too, you know, me, if you listen to the podcast on a regular, I love my fantasy points per opportunity. Yep and uh, his fantasy point per opportunity for running backs between 0.8 and one is very good. And he has a 1.1 fantasy point per opportunity. Um, So that's up there with, uh, that's up there with the Christian McCaffrey's of the world being ridiculous when it comes to fantasy points per opportunity. But for him, if he gets the work, um, obviously I think that efficiency goes down a little bit because of that 27 point game. But I think if you're talking about what Darius guys can do, if he does touch the ball next year, um, a total of, you know, 200 times, I think he has a, a mid to high end RB two season, um, and, and getting that type of player, especially right now, we talked about earlier in the show, how it's going to be difficult to get valuable running backs late, um, and to be able to get a guy like Darius guys in the eighth round, to sit on your bench and potentially have an explosive season that surprised you. Um, that's, that's way more than enough value. I mean, I don't, I don't think he should be drafted any higher than this pick. That's what we were talking about before the show. A lot of these guys should not be yeah. being drafted any higher like this. We're they, not yeah, saying draft him higher. We're saying draft him where he's at, but understand that a lot of people, are kind of just forgetting about what Darius Geis is as a talent and not yeah, taking. Yeah, if him.
1: you're if you're sitting there in that round, you gotta. I think Darius Geis is just the choice to go with. Yeah. Um, and it's partly because there's not a lot of great running backs like we were talking about past like the fifth round. So yeah. if you see a guy who could potentially be uh, drafted in the top five rounds next year, mm-hmm. uh, in this in the seventh round, somebody who could have a really good season, you, you're yeah. gonna want to hop on that
0: um especially at the running back position. The second guy on our list, Raheem Mostert, a little bit higher. Um he kind of borders the line on sleeper just because yeah, I don't yeah. think uh, he he may not be like a complete sleeper. He kind of borders that, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th round. So it just depends on really where he goes. He's you still have Tevin Coleman in in San Francisco, but the big the big reason why and I've talked about Raheem Mostert multiple times this offseason the reason why I really like him like uh hold on a second. Uh, fantasy fantasy football champion uh chip ADP on uh player profile, you see that. Um it is forty seven point seven nine. That's usually pretty accurate. So right now he's a fifth round pick. Um uh, according to that. I don't know if that changes for normal people who aren't gambling a million dollars to play fantasy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh I mean- regardless through the back half of the season, I think through weeks 13 through 17, I'll pull it up, 13 through 17, I believe he was an RB1. Yes, he was an RB9 overall. Um, he had 87 fantasy points through those five games. He was explosive. I picked him up off the waiver wire. Didn't freaking start him because, you know, why not? Um, sure. But he has the capability to be a really good running back when given the opportunity. Um, the hardest part was that you had Breda, you had Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, who obviously got hurt, but McKinnon's completely, you know, gone now, right? Uh, Matt Breda yeah. has been traded. He's gone as well. And the only thing you got left is a, is, is, is Tevin Coleman, who, you know, has had a, has had a little bit of trouble staying on the field the last couple of years in terms of just staying on the field consistently. So, I mean, Mostert comes into this season in the, you know, I mean, I think he kind of might be a little bit too high on the ADP if he ends up in the fifth round.
1: If he ends up in the fifth round, he's I don't think he's going to be a sleeper. But where he is right now on... Right, right. I think I, I think I did a mock draft. On, on June 11th,
0: day. this is this him. is where he is. He's a sleeper. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think I got him in the seventh round. Um, yeah. So in the seventh round, he's an absolute steal because the 49ers are going to run the ball a ridiculous amount. Like you said, right, Kevin right. Coleman has... Um, injury history mm-hmm. uh, Matt Bareda is no longer there so yeah. it, it, it's reasonable to assume that uh, Mostert might get around 200 carries and again if you're drafting this late like the 7th round and you have the opportunity to draft somebody who's going to do that and be efficient as well because I think most are going to be efficient um, you're going to want to hop on that train yeah. and the 49ers have said they're going to continue to run the ball hard this year so
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously we know how efficient that offense is when it comes to running the football. And I think that's probably the best part about Mostert. And when you start clearing out, uh, you know, attempts and opportunities for a guy, um, it's going to look good. He is 28 years old and he is an undrafted guy. So it is a little more uh, concerning because he is on the older side like he could just completely collapse next year and, and go away forever but he
1: is but he 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 doesn't he he's a young 28 because he doesn't have a lot of work in his career.
0: Yeah. So there's not a right. lot of
1: mileage on Slade.
0: Yeah. Um but I mean when you look at from week 12 on it was 13 23 24 12 11 20 fantasy points. Respectively, so I mean he gets you know he gets the passing game work he gets the rushing game work. It's just a matter of whether or not he ends up you know getting the opportunity next year. Um, I wanted to take a look at his fantasy point per opportunity. It's one point oh five. So I mean he is he's an efficient running back, and it's like yeah. if you pair efficiency with opportunities, um, he could have a really great season. Last year he averaged about nine carries a game um, through fifteen. So uh, I'm thinking you got to get him up to like 14, 13, 14 carries and like maybe two, three targets a game in order to, uh, you know, get him into a position where he can be super efficient. But I would not be surprised if he ends up being a mid-range RB2 and a guy that you can slide into your flex, you know, when you need a a, a good matchup play. Um, And so... Yeah. Getting that in the eighth, ninth round with the possibility, seventh, eighth or ninth round with the possibility of him breaking out and being, you know, a very good running back next year. It's great. But um, if the hype continues on Mostert, I'm not I'm not going to be buying that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that.
0: Uh, Let's talk about Ronald Jones, ADP 96. Now, you pushed for Rojo to be on this list. Tell me why. I did. Tell me why you got Rojo on this list.
1: Oh, gosh. Now I might have to just take him off just because you said that. But, uh, no, (laughs) so for me, a lot of people have Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of Mm -hmm. him. Most people have Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of him.
0: Yeah. Uh, His ADP, Keyshawn Vaughn, (laughs) is a little bit behind Rojo. Keyshawn Vaughn is 104. So he's like eight picks behind him, but I I could see that completely changing.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a lot of like sleepers mock drafts that I've done, uh, Rojo has been the second Buccaneer running back to come off the board. Um, You know, but the the, the general manager has talked highly of Rojo this year. Bruce Arians has talked highly of him. Uh, I want to see if I can get the direct quote, but the, man, the the GM said we have uh, a lot of faith in Ronald Jones. We have faith. Yeah. We have more faith in him than we ever have. Like right now, he's 22. He has the easiest schedule among running backs, according to Fantasy Pros for 2020.
0: Yeah, this season.
1: And I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be taking the majority of the carries. I think if anything, they'll split. But I actually think Ronald Jones will probably get the majority of the carries. Um, and I think the Buccaneers, you know, they throw the they're going to throw the ball a lot, obviously. Yeah. But with Brady at quarterback, he's going to read the defense very well, and he's going to opt out to run for a lot of run plays, and I think goal line too. I think there's going to be a lot of goal line runs.
0: Yeah, that's a which, good point.
1: Which will help Ronald Jones more than Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I actually really like Ronald Jones is here, and you know how Brady likes to throw to running backs. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to more help Keyshawn Vaughn, but I don't think Ronald Jones is going to yeah. have a not a lot of targets either because Ronald Jones was involved in the passing game last year for the
0: Buccaneers. The biggest, the biggest issue I see with, with Ronald Jones is I I had him on my team last year. He's been given so much opportunity in the past. And last year he had 4.2 yards to carry, which is a lot better than anything that they had (laughs) before. Uh, But he had um, 172 carries, 41 targets, a total of 202 touches on the season and uh, I believe he was only a low end RB2 at season's end. I'm going to pull that up really fast just to see. Um, he might have been a little bit lower than that. He was a. Oh, my God. Well, you might be. Yeah, I can't Ronald find his Jones name. statistics. Oh, 26th. So he had 150 fantasy points. He was 26th overall. And he played all 16. So. You know, it's it, 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 it lends it to say that he had opportunity last year and he wasn't efficient enough to produce at a high level. He had .78 fantasy points per opportunity. So that is on the low end of what you want to have for a running back. He's sure. just not super efficient. So for him to have a really great RB2-like season, one of two things need to happen. Either he needs to see a spike in carries and target share. And so, like, he gets 200 carries and, like, 40 catches this year instead, which would total, instead of 202 or 203 touches, 240, 250 touches. If he gets in that ballpark, he ends up like a mid-range RB2 if you base just off his efficiency from this year. Now, if Tom Brady makes that offense more efficient, which I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if that's going to be, like, it'll probably be more efficient, but they scored a lot of, they did points last year. There was no, that is true. They they still were able to get it done offensively, even with Winston it's, at is quarterback. Is it weird
1: to say that I think the running game would be more efficient with Brady as quarterback versus Winston? I mean, I
0: is wouldn't. I I think I think you're you you you're not wrong there, only because you know, Winston is kind of brain dead on the field for some reason, a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I just, just mean compared like compared to Brady. Yeah. I, I think when you talk about Brady and Winston going up to the line of the scrimmage, right. Winston is just going to snap it and hand it off to the running back. And then the running back's going to get pummeled. Whereas Brady will set up, in front of the line of scrimmage, call it's out the mic breed, yeah. and he he's actually going to break down the play. And I know that like watching the Patriots for years, we used to watch Tom Brady dissect the entire defense before I run up the middle. So it's like, you know, that That's kind of I'm stuff saying, does have an effect on the game. And so I think, yes, you can expect an efficiency bump. What I don't expect to happen. Like I said, one of two things, either a efficiency bump or a increase in opportunities but I think the efficiency bump is more uh, worthy of that happening. My big thing is that I just don't see, especially when they had, did they spend a fourth round pick on Keyshawn Vaughn or?
1: Yeah, it wasn't high. I think it was, it was a. I think it was a late third. Yeah. See, so Very the draft capital
0: for me for Keyshawn Vaughn is not like they spent more on Ronald Jones than they spent on Keyshawn Vaughn, and so just just expect Keyshawn Vaughn to walk in and take all the work is just naive. That's
1: that's what I'm saying too. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens if he you know beats him out in training camp because it's going to be yeah. a competition. But I also wouldn't be surprised if right. Ronald Jones gets the majority of the work. So okay, I I think he's worth the pick in the tenth round to me. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, and, I'm not with, disagreeing with you on that. I, I think the, it's he's a great sleeper.
1: Yeah, and with the potential goal line work, with the potential of him get because you said. It, it, it'd be hard for him to get another 200 plus touches. I don't, I don't think it will. I think it's very possible for him to do that. I mean, how many carries did Peyton Barber get last year?
0: I don't know. Let me look it up. You, you really, <laughs> do you really want to know what waste of time that guy was?
1: <laughs> well, so my, what I'm he saying had, is, though, I think they're going to run the ball.
0: He had 154 as as carries. It.
1: So let's say Keyshawn Vaughn gets 154
0: carries or let's say Keyshawn Vaughn gets 125. Cause that's more like it.
1: Okay, so then that means Ronald Jones is going to get whatever he got last year, yeah, probably. Maybe, but they still like.
0: got Derek Viale. Don't leave him yeah, out.
1: Uh, I'm kind of leaving him out.
0: Yeah, I know you are.
1: <laughs> I'll give I'll give him 20 carries. That's still a lot wow. of carries for Ronald Jones.
0: I I think there's not what what Peyton Barber left vacant. If 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 Keyshawn Vaughn had not been drafted by the Buccaneers and they just went with oh, Ronald well, then Jones, I'd be even higher. On Ronald oh yeah, yeah. We you start sweating. I just don't know that he's going to increase from 200 plus touches. I think he's just going to stick there and he might yeah. see a slight increase. And this is why I'm thinking like if I had to project him in the 10th round, this is great value, by the way. This is not well, like this right. is not that's, like that's like, like when team. I say he's an RB two, low end, maybe mid range RB two in the 10th round? Yes, please. I'll take it. But if he starts getting drafted in like the 7th round and he has some, for some reason he has like some kind of bump because right, of the yeah. video you saw online the other day of him catching footballs on out routes. And if that starts happening, then you're going to have a completely different conversation about what his value is. But in the 10th round, if he sticks there, it's worth it. He's not going to start week. He's not going to start week one. If he end up, if he ends up getting 15 to 20 touches a game, then you're going to see the opportunity to go there. But like I said, I think the efficiency only sees an increase to like maybe 0.85 fantasy points per opportunity. And even if that happens, that's more like he's going to need a lot of opportunity to, bump himself up into that complete RB one situation where he ends up being like an RB nine RB eight, um, which I don't see happening. So I think the, the it would be very hard for him to do that, but I think it's not hard for him at all to see an increase to be like RB 16.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's fair. And if you can get that in the 10th round at, at the running back yeah. position, that's phenomenal.
0: That's fair. Um, JK Dobbins. So you put Rojo on this list. I wasn't liking it, and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's put Dobbin. Let's put Rojo on this list. And I said Dobbin's, and you said convince me, and I was like, okay. So convince um, me. I just wanted to start off with a, a man named Mark Ingram, who is. Okay. I think we both agree has always been for his entire freaking career underrated. Um, yeah. Very good running back. He kind of went the. He's kind of gone the same way as Frank Gore. Um, he's always been a low end RB one. Almost every year in his career, he's been a low end RB one with the exception of years, whether he was suspended or injured, he's always been a low end RB one. And that's assuming 12 team, by the way, he's 30 years old. Um, He had a really good season last year, but he's one of those older players where like when you get old in the NFL, you can just drop like a rock. It's not a slow decline. Like a lot of guys just completely collapse. And so you're talking about an age where Mark Ingram could get hurt or Mark Ingram could just not be the same player, right? And uh, if if, if he's not as efficient, because you're going to see, you know, for this entire Baltimore Ravens offense, you're going to see a regression of some sort. Like they can't be as efficient as they were last year. So for me, I think when you talk about Mark Ingram, I don't know that he's going to get as much, opportunity as he did last year I still hit 200 plus reps but I think he's an old man and Dobbins is coming in as what was he drafted in the uh second round yes the second round I'm sorry I'm trying to type in the player profiler and they expect you to put the periods after JK that's annoying yeah so anyway um he had uh he was picked in round two late in the second round He was explosive at Ohio State, very good running back. Um, If you watch his film, you'll you'll obviously get sweaty. He kind of reminds me in a lot of ways to Alvin Kamara when you watch him on film. And I don't want to compare that situation because I've done it before, but a one Alvin Kamara came in after getting drafted in the second or third round the year he played and took over for Mark Ingram. Um, And so I think Dobbins... Uh, is is going to come in and he's going to get, I think he's going to get a lot more work than people expect. I don't really like Gus Edwards never have, but yeah, he's still there. They just run it a lot. And so it's like, when I look at, when I look at the Ravens, I could totally see Dobbins come out and get 150 rushes and maybe 40 catches in the passing game next year and encroach that, you know, 180 to 200 touches and I, I think he's going to be efficient so if he's around 9 fancy points per opportunity he ends up being an RB2 and I think a lot of people are just fading him because Mark Ingram's there you know what I mean and it's like yeah. in, in Dynasty people are psyched he's almost the RB1 in a lot of leagues but You know what I mean? I think, or or he's 101 off the board in a lot of dynasty leagues. But in redraft this year, I think a lot of people are just looking at him going, he's just another rookie running back drafted in the second round on a team that already has a starting running back. But it's like the amount that that team runs the football, it's worth Mm -hmm. taking a pick. And like he's one of those guys, like you were just talking about, you know, Rojo. I think J.K. Dobbins probably has a lot more opportunity to be an RB1 next year because he's young. He's still a rookie. He's got that second round talent behind him. We know what Ronald Jones kind of is at this point, but J.K. Dobbins is this fresh off the market. You know what I mean? Like running back that could say, blow up.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get I get your point. I think if Mark Ingram wasn't there, I'd be more on board. I'd be wicked on board. Oh yeah, I just I think Mark Ingram's still going to get his 200 touches.
0: I just think it's enough. There's still enough there for J.K. Yeah, Dobbins no, I mean, to I get, eat. It,
1: When you said Kamara and Ingram from like the Saints, it made me sweaty. I'm not going to lie. Like if he does that, I I think it is. I
0: don't think he'll do that. I mean, Alvin Kamara, when he came in, I was looking at some of the numbers like last year. year? No, no, he was. I think he was a mid-range RB one, but rookie year. But he was no, he was drafted in the third round of redraft leagues. Um So people were just down on Mark Ingram that year. So I don't think you see the same thing happen with Dobbins. I mean, there's an off chance that it does, but I'm just thinking like if they both get around 200 touches and they split evenly, Dobbins could most definitely end up being, you know, a a mid-range RB2 next year, which is, you know, in the the 11th, 12th round, that's what you're looking for.
1: If Dobbins can get 200 uh, touches, then I'm all on board.
0: It's a matter of whether that happens, but is it worth taking a shot in the 12th, 11th, 12th round? Yes, absolutely. See, I'm with you on that one. I convinced you. You did. All right, let's talk about Kareem Hunt, the final guy on this list, and then we'll conclude the show. Um, Kareem Hunt's ADP is 79 right now. He's in the eighth round. Now, I wanted to tell you, Kareem Hunt, now, I'm actually kind of like, I'm a full-on believer of Nick Chubb. Always have, always yep. will be. But I was looking at the last eight games of the season last year when Kareem Hunt came back. When the games he played, do you want to hear some of these uh, some numbers here? Sure. Nick Chubb was the RB fifteen in fantasy football from that week on, ninety eight fantasy points. Kareem Hunt was the RB nineteen over that span with eighty two fantasy points in a much worse offense.
1: Yep. They added. They added some offensive line. Uh, they actually kind of almost rebuilt that offensive line.
0: Kareem's really uh, good. Like, he's just ridiculously good.
1: He's a he's a very good running back. Kevin Stepinski's <laughs> offense is very yeah. run-heavy. Right. So if he gets just a little more carries than he did last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Ch- like Hunt can still be good, and so can Chubb. Like they can both be yeah. very, very good. Um, like I still think Chubb is going to get you mm-hmm. know 280 carries, right? And Hunt can still be efficient because Hunt is going to be involved in that passing game a lot, right? Um, he's going to get like five catches a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he's gonna he, with like around seven to eight carries, yeah. And if he can do anything, because he's going to be very efficient. So if he can just get a touchdown or two, he's going to be a very efficient player. can and week out yeah uh and i mean if chubb ever gets hurt kareem hunt is going to be kareem hunt from
0: oh i think that is that is probably the biggest thing for not that you're rooting for a nick chubb injury because no. i love nick chubb and i don't want him to get hurt but if if that's the biggest appealing part about kareem hunt is that his base floor as you can see, is a low end RB two, according to those numbers it's, last year. Yep, RB nineteen, mid mid to low end RB two, and so if those are the numbers that he is going to get inside that Stefanski offense, right, and he's right. going to stick in that conversation, then I would be more inclined to believe that if something did, like you already got a good floor, and if something did happen to Nick Chubb, that Kareem Hunt would come in and just be what he was with the Kansas city chiefs be ridiculously yeah. good. I mean, maybe I, mean, I don't think he will be that, but like I said, that's like a- low end RB one is probably a good conversation to have with him if he's the full-time guy. So it's like, you know, he's, it's almost like he's, he's a super handcuff. You know what I mean? Can yeah. we, can we, can we trademark that super handcuff? Yeah. But like, he's, he's a guy who can come in, who's going to get you good base floor, fantasy points on a a week-to-week basis
1: yeah he's chubb played 16 games he's still gonna be in a 12 team you can
0: put in your lineup in a 12 team where you essentially can't build the super team (laughs) oh yeah for sure a flex so it's like you have him on your team and and you get his floor and then nick chubb gets hurt then all of a sudden you have an rb1 sitting in your flex and it's like i I think it's there's there's no reason to for me i'm like this is the one player on this list that i'm like why is he in the eighth round right now like, why is he not in the sixth or seventh round? Like Darius Geis is getting drafted ahead of him. And I'm like, I, I mean, I love Geis. I think he has more breakout potential than Kareem Hunt. But yeah, I'm like, with, you know, Kareem Hunt is just, though, but. he's
1: the most sure thing I think on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, him and Mostert, I think. Right. But Hunt, yeah, absolutely. He's, I, I don't know why he's going in the eighth round right now.
0: Like I, 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 I'm, I'll, I'll snag him. If he's in the eighth round in any of my leagues, I'll, I'll snag him up. Yep. And if I'm wrong on it, it, I'm wrong on it. I don't care. I'll just do it. I think you should too. If I'll you're, die on that hill, yeah. If you're if you're if you're drafting, you know what I mean, in a uh in in a redraft league in the next couple months, Kareem Hunt should be one of the guys you target to be on your roster. Because it's not like this is this is the one don't thing I'm learning those. about this year is that you always sure. want the sexy players. You always want the exciting guys. And uh for me it's like I think the people that win new leagues are not necessarily the super exciting guys, but the guys who uh, you take a chance on in the mid to late rounds that end up turning into the exciting guys during the season, or you know what I mean? They get you base level. Like Julian Edelman was on my team all year last year or half the year last year. And a lot of the weeks that I won were because Julian Edelman got me 12 points and a half PPR. You know, yep. so it's like it's it's it may not be a sexy pick with Kareem Hunt, but it for sure is he's a, gonna, a in great investment. EPR,
1: he's going to get you ten points every week. He's going to get you ten ten yep. to twelve points Base. every single week. Yep.
0: So there you have it. RB sleepers, exciting stuff. You know what it is.
1: I love me some running back. <laughs>
0: I do too. I love running backs. I know so you do
1: that. You do especially
0: always Even more than me. And my favorite running back does not need to be named because he's known.
1: Ezekiel Elliott. I was going to say Z. Z -Z -Z David Montgomery. Montgomery.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Be sure to go over to our website, buy the draft guide, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we will talk to you Tuesday, Fantasy Champs. We're going to talk about tight ends. Gross. I know. (laughs) See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the TheFFChamps.